As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. So, we do Drunk History, and even though I'm way ahead and we've got episodes almost to the end of the year, I, we did the episode with Skooks, and people loved it. So I was like, we gotta have more guest stars, and I was like, I gotta do Bounty Gate. So who do I get? I'm like, I gotta get the guy that wrote the, maybe the only book, but it's the best book on Bounty Gate, even if they have multiple ones, who chronicled it. Read Gilbert. You, he did Bread and Circuses. Go to Amazon, buy the book. He might not make any money, but <laughs> if you want to know about Bounty Gate, read it. It's a good, it's a great book. I, I went through and read it again. So we're doing Bounty Gate on Saints Drunk History. And look, I am shit-faced. I needed to get shit-faced for this. But me and Reed, during the week, we like, you know, talk back and forth. We, we planned this out a couple weeks ago, right? We, we booked this day. And yeah, like two I was, weeks ago. Yeah, it took a while for it to come. I've been yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so, but I was like, I was like, I told Reed, I was like, I need time to like go back in your book and dive in and like, make an outline because it's so much and we i sent read an outline he's like i'll send it back to you and he tweeted out today he's like oh i forgot a bunch of stuff and read sent you sent me the email and there was like literally like six things about bounty gate that i had fucking forgot that are like epic major things it's, right and they're it's just so, like throwaway events and yeah the, during the season so it's so much so we're gonna try to chronicle it and, and get it so and we're, we'll, we have the outline we'll, we'll go off track of course so we always start by the episode, what are you drinking, Reed? I'm drinking, I started out with cinnamon schnapps, then I went to Jack Daniels Honey, now I'm drinking tin cup bourbon on the rocks, which I cannot <laughs> recommend, I cannot recommend you, enough. Dude, I mean, you're drinking like it's like week 14 of the 2015 season now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Um, I'm drinking Stoli on there the rocks. You there you go. So, let's start, well, we could try to do it chronologically. We start Bounty Gate at the beginning, by Reed's book. He does a fantastic job. But it started on March 2nd, the news broke. I got it through La Conforna on Twitter. I was, I was at a wedding. I was, an, I was in a wedding, and I, like, before the wedding started, I saw it on my phone, and everybody was coming up to me like, what the fuck's going on with this Bounty Gate? And I was like, I don't know. It's, you know I'm at a wedding. I have to catch up later. But when it broke... And you had like a day or even a little bit of time to digest it. Were you like the Saints are fucked? When like how fast did it hit you that the Saints were fucked? Uh, I was confused. I mean, I remember when it happened. Uh, you know, Schefter had tweeted it out like in a series of tweets that were like really like pre-planned. They were kind of oh, deployed. God. We'll get to that. I remember in a second. reading it, and it was just kind of confusing. I was like, what? And I remember the first thing I thought was like. Okay, they're accusing the Saints of hurting people. I was like, that's like accusing the Browns of running up the score on other people. Like, yeah. what team have you been watching, <laughs> yeah. right? The Saints, that wasn't the Saints team. So I was just really kind of confused, especially because they were making such a big, big deal of it. Yeah, and I thought about it when I, and my first thought was like, well, they'll, they'll do something to the Saints. But in the 80s, man, Buddy, Buddy, uh, Buddy Ryan like reveled in the bounties and like took out kickers and called Jimmy Johnson fat and it was like yeah, uh, right. I was like they're gonna fight it. But I have a theory uh, that you know fake news is in politics. But I have a theory that Roger Goodell is the godfather of fake news. And as we get into that, it's a good theory. It's a good theory because here's the, here's my theory is Roger Goodell prepackaged all of it and the NFL media. They need their scoops, the Peter Kings, the Schefters, the whatever. So they don't push back. So when when Goodell rolled it all out of like, we got a, you know, we'll get into it. And he rolled it out. We got a ledger. We got video. We got uh, 
film has given you $10,000. Like, all of it, the media was like, oh my god, it's all true. And, like, none of it was actually accurate. But why do you think... Why the Saints? Like, why the Saints? Because I believe there's a shit ton of teams doing this. And players even admit it. Why did the Saints get this fucking nuclear bomb dropped on them? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty easy. There's a, there's a bunch of it. The first thing, we kind of set it aside. We maybe go back to it because everybody knows about it. It's a Viking thing. We just set that aside. So that, that was one of the big things. But but basically, like, Goodell wanted to nail, nail the Saints for years because of like a pattern of uh, recalcitrance or intransigence, they had done all kind of stuff to alienate Goodell. You know, Goodell's an authoritarian. They didn't respect him. They didn't respect his rule of law. Uh, they had Ornstein milling around the program. They, they fucked him on Thursday night. Like they wouldn't do interviews. It was like all these yeah. like little things that the Saints did to like the me- media day at the Super Bowl. Oh. They showed up an hour late, and Peyton <laughs> has to be coaxed. To go to the post game press conference, right? Uh, and he like talks about it in his book how he yeah. was, you know, not crisp, basically. So I mean, so that was one of the reasons. Then you know, after the uh, after the NFC Championship game, Childress, twelve men in the huddle, Childress goes and complains <laughs> to the league that the Saints had a bounty on Favre, right? Because he yeah. can't accept the fact that they lost because he's a sore loser. So he goes complains to the league that the Saints have a bounty. Far. We didn't forget we, about 12 men, Brad. We'll never forget about yeah, 12 men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can cry about bounties all he wants. And so, you know, they send the investigators to the Saints after the game, and the Saints just blow them off. They're all riding high from winning the Super Bowl, and the investigators go, so they blow them off. So, you know, there's that, and then, you know, the Cerullo thing when Cerullo emails him. So, so basically, the Saints had alienated Goodell, and he, like, really wanted to nail him. It's like the petty thief. That you but say, it, well, finally, we're just going to frame this guy for murder because we can't catch him. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into it. First of all, the, Mike Cirillo was a piece of shit. As just, as just a, not as, don't forget about him as a person. I'm not going to, he like, <laughs> no, he would like lie to the Saints and be like, yeah. my, 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 my mom died or something. And the Saints were like, oh, okay, cool. We get that. Like, even though coaches have to work like 90, like 26 hours a day, you you had a family member die. We'll get the Benson Jed. We'll gas you up. You go home and, and, and take care of your business. He's like, no, no. Right. It's like, he was like a total <laughs> lying piece of shit. Yeah, he had a brother-in-law who, like, died in Haiti. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was just a string of stuff. And the Saints fired him, right? They fire him right after the Super Bowl. And so, you know, he, he at least wants revenge because he says that <laughs> Did he get a, I hope he him. didn't get a ring. I hope he didn't get a ring. Please. He probably me. got a ring. Ah, damn it. I mean, he was with, you know, but maybe not. But, yeah, he probably got a ring. Joe Vitt eviscerated him, like, in a – I wish I could find the sound. Joe Vitt just like yeah. rushed him. Of the right, he literally he literally called him an idiot. Like, yeah. in the in the testimony and calls him a liar. He he went after him. They were but, they were enemies. But go through go through quickly the evidence that the because the NFL rolled it out like that Friday and then the next week they dropped like a bombshell like every single day of all these things they had that never came to pass. So like. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A couple of them, like, the NFL said they had, and the media reported it breathlessly, and it was just totally just, it never, like, they didn't have it. Yeah, okay, so so first thing, you know, the NFL announces Bounty Gate on March 2nd. 
after two months, Ralph, they still haven't produced any evidence, right? They say they have evidence, but they haven't produced any, like, anywhere in the public. And so the NFLPA and fans and the players and even the media is like, where is the evidence? So finally they start leaking stuff out that they're just, like, literally probably just making up. <laughs> the, just, seriously, the, the most laughable one and the one that's just so stupid is the ledger, the bounty ledger. You remember the bounty yeah, ledger? I do. Right, like, like first – like, like, we never saw the bounty ledger. They just nope. said the Saints had a ledger. Like, can we get, like, a screenshot at least? Let, let us see the ledger. As if the Saints were documenting this shit in QuickBooks or something. Yeah, and, right? then, and, they, and they also said, like, they, they, they named specific injury players, and they never had the video. Like, my thing was, if, the, if they'd have had the ledger, and they'd have had, like, the Saints injured this player, like, you'd have seen that video on ESPN nine yeah. A billion times, and a billion exactly. is not a word. But you just seen it, like, and they, they just, and the thing is, like, like keep going, but like we'll get to the pushback in a minute. But but other things that they said they had that they didn't. But yeah, just just one thing along your point right there. I mean, that's one of the the, the main very simple ways you know Bounty Gate was bullshit. But if Bounty Gate was legitimate, the NFL would have like fifteen or twenty plays. Just, you know, highlights. Here's a Saints injury in this guy. Here's a Saints injury in this guy. Here's a Saints injury. They, you know, and on and on like that. They, they don't have that. They never showed us that because it never happened. It didn't exist. So they had to make up all of this, you know, all this nonsense. So the ledger, that was like the, the one thing that was just such a joke. Okay, so, so here's the deal. They leaked this thing. They give it to Cole, Jason Cole, Yahoo, right? And Cole, he rolls up like he's goddamn Moses with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like, boom, ledger, totally guilty. And, of course, the thing is just riddled with errors. The game in the bounty ledger, there was two games that they identified. The first one was the Bills game in 2009. There was four players hurt. Three of them played for the Bills' defense, and one of them was an offensive tackle. So, so, so three of these guys at the NFL said the Saints carted off. The, the Saints' defense didn't even play against them because yeah. they played on the Bills' defense. So everybody like immediately debunks this, like literally like us, like morons on Twitter and on the message boards because you can go find the play by play. So the NFL leaked it. Everybody debunks it. And literally before the and night is like, over. No, but, but, wait, but wait, I want to give the Yahoo's and Saints Twitter credit. Like they debunked <laughs> it and yeah. like warp speed. Like Saints fans are like. Okay, we'll go to the Buffalo game. Go to the play-by-play, and literally within an hour of yeah, it breaking, exactly. like Saints fans were like, "No, no, try again." It was it was glorious. Yeah, it, I mean that was a thing. It was like, did, is anybody in the NFL or just anybody in the media they just remotely paying attention? Are you just doing like a very baseline amount of re- research into what's happening because it's very easy to refute. But, you know, so the, the NFL, they end up amending the bounty ledger that same night, before the yeah. end of the night. <laughs> they amend their report. They're like, oh, totally honest mistake, guys. Sorry, oversight. <laughs> it was actually the Panthers game. But and then that turned out to be wrong, too. They, they later had to amend that. But, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, emblematic of the way the evidence was. They just kind of made some see, shit up and I threw it see, out there. I could see, like, Goodell yelling at an intern, like, fucking fix that ledger. <laughs> God damn it. And the intern's like, the intern's like, what, what are we going to do? Fucking spin the wheel. And they spin the wheel, and it lands on the Panthers game. And they're like, find an injury from the Panthers game. My fuck, it's a Panthers. It's a, def- it's a defensive player for the fans. It's, ah, fuck. Yeah, it, it was. They, they said it was the Panthers game in 2009. That's who they amended it to. And the dude that got hurt was Thomas Davis. <laughs> Backpedaling back into coverage. That was, you know, that was one of the bounties. But then they changed it again after, you know. But, and you know, yeah. I wish we had like a like the Saints, like the specific people that like debunked the 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 Bounty Gate stuff because it was so it was so, I remember like because I hadn't I got on Twitter like middle of like 2011, so I hadn't been on Twitter that long. I remember just watching it, and I was just like, it was like this whole new thing. I was like, <laughs> like I was just like amazed that like all these Saints yeah. fans are like together, and we have this community where sometimes we fight with each other, but but Saints. Yeah, commu- that's the but deal. Saints Twitter, Saints Twitter, mostly if you, it's really, if you compare it to like other fan bases, it's really nice. Like Astros Twitter is kind of nasty. So like, <laughs> so the Saints Twitter is fun. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I yeah. love 2012. So it was, just, it, for me, maybe, maybe other people weren't blown away by it, but I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Saints fans yeah. are just, they're just chopping Goodell's knees out from under him. So it was amazing. Hey, but here, just along those lines, Ralph, you know, uh, Angry Who That, his blog, remember? 
he 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 put up a blog post like refuting some stuff during Bounty Gate in Florio. Like Mike Florio literally was like citing it on Pro Football Talk. Side note, side note, the golden age of Saints bloggering is dead. Angry Hudat doesn't blog consistently. You don't. Juge is retired. Dave Cariello is right. Uh, Wang is retired. Yeah, all once, of us once are, Wang hung it up, I mean, come all on. Of us are gone. I'm, the, I'm the only one that's consistently doing it now, and I am, will frankly admit, I'm the worst writer of all you people. I just do it every week. That's my only thing is I'm consistent, but that's a side note. So that's anyway. a huge skill, man. That's hard to do. <laughs> so if they go seven and nine again, I'm dead. I don't know what I'm going to do. But so, so yeah, it was, it was great. So they have all this stuff. So, so then, then, so let's get into the people that, that Mary Jo White, who you just in your book, I finally, <laughs> I finally got it back. You just tear her apart. Like, just go for five minutes. Just, just explain uh, yeah. to the people that don't as, know about her you know, as, and whatever. As, explain as, it. as they say, I'm going to explore the studio space. Yeah. Okay. You go. Okay. Ahead. So here's the deal. First of all, let's just clarify who Mary Jo White is, right? She's like U.S. District Attorney. She works at some big time law firm. Um. She she maybe is or she was the chairwoman of the SEC, like the Securities and Exchange yep, Commission. So you know she's some. So so at any rate, okay. So the NFL brings in Mary Jo White like a couple of months into the process, and she's there to be an independent, supposedly independent investigator and evaluator of the body of evidence that Goodell has collected. Right? Goodell's collected all this evidence. He hasn't shared it with anybody. So they bring her in to review it and to basically just tell the public, hey, it's all good, right? And so she does it, and she just like, okay, she does a press, she does like a teleconference, and this is broadcast on 870. Um, I remember listening to yeah. it, just broadcast on the radio. But she's like blatantly lying. Okay, so one of the main things that she just blatantly lies about is she says during her independent investigation that Hargrove, right, admits the existence of the bounty program. Well, we'll get Hargrove to Hargrove. A, we'll get yeah, to and so he has a declaration that leaks where he like denies it. Says you know he repeatedly denies any um, you know program in place. So she's like directly just lying about what his testimony is, right? And and, and is there to kind of cover for Goodell. But but he, but here's the infuriating thing about Mary Jo White. She's right there two months in when she comes in to to do the evidence is pawned off as this independent investigator. A couple of months later, when the Saints are in court with the NFL over this, she's lead their legal team, right? She's yeah. a head fucking attorney. <laughs> Real independent, and, it, guys. and here's the thing that, that drove me nuts is the media, the, the national NFL media, and especially the local NOLA media, like never – they never pushed back on it. It was Twitter fans debunk stuff. But the media yeah. never took time. And and here's my thing with that. Uh, well, let's get to Joe Hummel first. He was the NFL lead investigator. He resigns one month into Bounty Gate. Explain him, and then I want to get to the media stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, Hummel, this is just a weird thing. This is just kind of a quizzical moment, right? So nobody knows who Joe Hummel is. Okay, well, who, Joe Hummel, nobody knows about him now probably, and nobody really knew about him during Bounty Gate. He was a director of investigations. He was the NFL's like lead investigator. So he's the guy who's leading up the Bounty Gate investigation. Well, nobody knows who this dude is, but about you know maybe uh, six weeks into Bounty Gate, he resigns from the NFL and leaves and goes and takes another job. And nobody would have known this, but the NFL you know does a news release on it. And they buried the news release on a Friday afternoon, the same Friday <laughs> that is the second round of the NFL draft. Right? They bury it, and so you read it, and it's you know. Jim Hummel, NFL's director of investigation, has resigned and left the league, and it was a really odd moment because this is the guy who supposedly had run the investigation yep. and had collected all the evidence, and Bounty Gate is like a, you know, it's starting to gain steam and it's not looking good for the league because they haven't released any evidence, and all of a sudden this guy's gone, mm. and it's another another one of those you know what the fuck moments where you know you, you know something's <laughs> up and you don't know what it is. My first – that was my first ever tweet that got a bunch of retweets. I tweeted out, what the fuck is General Hummel doing? And I tweeted out a picture of the Ed Harris from The Rock and I got like 20 retweets. I was like, I love Twitter. Twitter is yeah, the best. Right. That get you hooked on Twitter yeah, right there. I'm a, I, I'm a, five years later, I am, still a, I am still addicted to Twitter. Yeah, so man. I'm my, right there with you, Ralph. So here's the thing. Like here's the thing. I, 
we I th- I have a th- couple of theories, but the meat the, the media never pushed back, which to me I can't excuse the national media, but but Florio did push back. I give him yeah, credit. He definitely. did push back. But it's he made his name, man. The national media did not. The national media did not, and the local media didn't either. They the, the Times Picayune ran an editorial bashing the Saints the week right after Bounty. The national the local media never pushed back. But I think in part that was because Reed the the players totally were like, fuck this. NFLPA, save our ass. This is why we have a union fight their ass. And the, the union did do a great job of that. But the coaches don't have a union. Mm-mm. And the Saints never really fought back. They didn't fight back with Goodell directly. And they didn't fight back even sort of like in the back channel, sort of like the Patriots did, like leaking stuff to friendly media. Yeah. Or like in Deflategate, they leak stuff about it. And the Patriots fought that way. The Saints didn't do any of that. So your theory, like, why do you think that was? Because I the ownership, man. Owner. I mean, look at why the, the ownership. Look at why the Patriots fought back into Flakegate. It was Kraft. Kraft got up front and center and like led the charge. It was yeah. like, fuck you, Goodell, and put together all the stuff. You know, Benson. God love the guy. Whatever. God hate the guy. Whatever you think. He's eighty-five. You know, he was yeah. 85. Well, he didn't I'm telling you, rats I, ass. What's I'm going t- on? He's like, I'm do I still tell- have all my money? I'm That's all he cares you, about. I, I'm telling you this. Benson at 85 is too old to fight back. I'm telling you, 65-year-old Benson, 70-year-old Benson yeah, would have right. fought like a fucking motherfucker. He was a crazy – when he was younger, he did unbelievable Yeah, stuff. right. Like he cared about people washing cars. He fired people left and right with the same – but now he's 85. He doesn't yeah, fight he back. Doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. But like, I, I, think, got, I think Seven Benson, billion? I'm cool. Yeah, but I think Benson at like 65, he'd have fought Goodell tooth and nail. He'd have been mm-hmm. like, look, dude, my coach that just won a Super Bowl, you're suspending him. I'm going to the wall with him. And I think Benson – like, God love him. He's just old now, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean – I mean that's a thing the Saints got like waylaid right mm-hmm. they got and somebody has to stand up and like fight back and it couldn't be peyton and no, you know he was an no, ownership thing no, that's why peyton and, peyton and loomis man it's like if me and you were gonna do a ted talk we could do like our reason like the why the coaches and executives in the nfl need a union bounty gate would yeah. be like one through yeah. ten of our PowerPoint side, because I'm telling you, Goodell was told told, told Peyton. I believe this 100. percent He told Peyton and Loomis, "Look, you don't say a fucking word, or I'll end you." Yeah, and, and he had Peyton a, by the balls for sure. And, and they didn't have a they didn't have a you. I mean, you know, and, and 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 I give this to Peyton is if you listen to Peyton in interviews now, he told Dan Patrick, he's like. You don't get over losing eight million dollars a year. Yeah. Like Peyton ain't it. He's not over that. And people yeah. that are, are a certain age, you know, air the movie Airplane, which I love, is you don't get over Macho Grande. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Peyton's never getting over. Yeah, like right. Peyton's never getting over it. But like, here's the thing: is like the research, and, and this is what killed me about the national media. Like in 2009, 2010, 2011, the numbers are striking. Like the Saints didn't injure any, any fucking body. Yeah. And the right. national media didn't say dick about it. And it just drove me crazy. Yeah, they, they injured, you know, there was a study, right? The American Enterprise Institute, yep. which is like, you know, that's like a conservative kind of think tank kind of group whose yep. national inclination it is to side with big business or side yep. with corporation. Like they would normally, you think they would side with the NFL. So they did a study of the injury data and I read it before we got on the phone. Yep. I read it. It said the, the data driven answer is a resounding no as to whether the Saints injured more players than anybody else. In fact, during those three seasons that the NFL accused them of having a bounty program, they injured the fewest players except for the Chargers, right? So you were about the least likely to get hurt if you played on, <laughs> against the Saints during that time, and yet the NFL accused them of having, this is their word, their bullshit word, pervasive <laughs> bounty system for three seasons right. where they never injured anybody. All right, we got to talk about we got to talk about Pamphlin, Pamphlon. Oh Christ! Which on the, we did a podcast episode where we we had his cell phone number, we called it, and we left a, voice, <laughs> we left a voicemail. Which I think that was I think that was the first podcast we ever did that had over like two thousand people listen. Which we were like, we are getting places. People. So so 
So Pamphlon releases the video, the the tape of like Craig Williams just being nutso. Um, right. In the 2011 playoff, but only like the the defense was fucking terrible in the 2011 yeah. playoff game. Oh, and I mean, let me think about Pamphlon. I mean, you know, you gotta be a real asshole to try to screw over Steve Gleason, yeah. especially after Gleason has like paid this guy. Put his family around and yeah. be vulnerable to him. Let this guy tape every moment of his life. Give him this guy access he could all he could never dream of. Gleason legally owns owns the oh. rights to that footage. He asked Pamphlon not to release it, and Pamphlon still does like a total chump. Yeah, and I will say this, and this is one thing I loved about the Saints, and and. That was a really bad time for Sean Payton and Mickey <laughs> Loomis. And it, no, it was. And that could be a time where, like, you're like, I'm out $8 million. I'm suspended for a fucking year. And they could have lashed out at Gleason just and then apologized later. But they were like, this isn't Gleason. They know, and I, no. I, that's one thing, like, I, In- you know, but Pam, like, Pamphlon, like, I am so glad that that moment, like, didn't make him and he never became anything. Like, that made me so happy. Yeah, that's what he did. I mean, and look, look, there's no denying that like what Greg Williams said did not sound good. No, it was like it was really bad. But but this is these are the and these are kind of like um, this is microcosm of Bounty Gate a little bit. Like you listen to what he said before that game. That was before the Niners playoff game that ended the Saints dynasty in two thousand early two thousand twelve. Um, not the dynasty, but whatever. Um, but you know he gave that speech before the game, and then in the game the Saints weren't penalized once. So you know he's telling them. You know, kill the head, take out Crabtree's ACL, or whatever the, else he's telling them, and they don't yeah. even hurt anybody. The only motherfucker that got killed in that game was poor Pierre Thomas. I know. I you know, know Pierre course. Thomas, I think, was dead in that game. Right. So, That's literal kill the head. So, look, Bounty Gate, it sounds miserable, but there was a lot of fun things in Bounty Gate. And I want to sure. get to, I want to get to my, probably, probably this is my second favorite thing. Or wait, maybe one of my favorite things is Jonathan Vilma and his attorney were just unbelievable. Like, I loved it every time I saw Vilma and his attorney on the air. Explain to the people who maybe don't remember, it's a little foggy, how awesome they were. Yeah, so, so this is kind of the way I look at it. This is like Vilma, this is like Vilma's Scarface, right? Vilma's like Scarface, say hello to my <laughs> little friend, is Ginsburg. Ginsburg's his Ginsburg attorney, right? So, 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 so the other players, you know, everybody's accused, right? It's Vilma, it's Will Smith. R.I.P. Will, um, Fujita, and Hargrove, right? They're the ones that are accused. Well, Will, uh, Will Smith, Fujita, and Hargrove, they're represented by the union attorneys. Vilma goes and gets outside counsel, so he goes and gets Ginsburg. And Ginsburg's like, you know, kind of big-time defense attorney, and he's battled the NFL. I don't know if he's a defense attorney, whatever he is. He's battled the NFL a bunch, so he's got experience Ginsburg's with the attorney you want. Yeah, he's like totally not afraid of Goodell. And like every time you'd have a press conference, it was beautiful because everything, right, Ralph, you know, we're consuming the news during Bounty Gate. It's all just like bad shit. We're just getting shelled every day. And so like once in a blue moon, Ginsburg would show up into a press conference and like just just blister Goodell, calling him an asshole and, you know, (laughs) saying he's violating the CBA and everything else. And it was like I I wrote this to you this morning. It was like a little oasis in the desert. It was. was. Just give me like two minutes of Ginsburg. And that's the thing thing that gave me confidence that like maybe it was going to work out in the same favor. Because Vilma, Vilma like never fucking relented. He's like 10th up, didn't happen. Ledger, didn't happen. Like Vilma never – Gave an inch, and I was like, I was like, dude, if he won't give an inch, right? Maybe there's like light at this end, end of this tunnel, man. You know, and he like he ne- like and and he never relented. We'll get to Tagliabu bailing out in a second, but the other fun thing, look, 2012 was a was a fucking mess. I mean, the Saints had Cromer, and they had Vit. But the one interesting thing was, man, if you could go back in history and they asked, you know, Sean Payton was like, I want Bill Parcells to be the interim coach. And Bill Parcells thought about it. But I think the main thing with Bill Parcells was if he would have taken the job, it would have set, it would have reset his Hall of Fame clock. Yeah. And he's not in the best health, let's be honest. So I think that's the main reason he did it. But man, Reed, 
if Bill Parcells would have been the Saints interim coach for 2012, that would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been amazingly fun, no question. Because but, I, you know, Parcells, he's also smart. He's like, I'm not walking into this fucking train wreck at my age. Yeah, he's like, he, but the thing is, like, if he'd have done it, I think he would have like taken like Spags like ran the defense and it was a train wreck and Spags couldn't yeah. fix it. I think Bill Parcells yeah. would have been like, I'm gonna fix it, and yeah. maybe they'd have flipped it to nine and seven. Maybe sure. they'd have made the playoffs, but but like just. Bill Parcells is amazing. Like Bill Parcells' press conferences are amazing. I remember when I when I worked for, for Buddy D and I was producing. Like I would sit in at for like they played the Cowboys in '04, and we got to sit in the the, the press conference where you do it over the phone with Bill Parcells. And I remember he was just like like telling media stupid questions. And I asked him like, <laughs> like and I, I was scared to death, but I asked him like a turnover question. And I was like, you are like, like you Cowboys, you're like minus eight in turnovers. Like, why is that? Like, why is that? You've been so good. Why is that? And he's like, that's a really good question. I was like, yeah. But he was like, and he threw out a stat. He's like, if you turn over the ball one more time than you're, you're, the team you're playing, you lose 75% of the time. And Bill Parr says it's just so smart, and he just has no time for, like, dumb questions. And I feel yeah. like him dealing with the New Orleans media would have been just like, it would have been like made 2012 like 30 percent better. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, it would have been amazing. There's no but, question. I mean, he just even that he considered it was pretty interesting. But then, like, then it just like shit got crazy. Like then the wire. Like I don't remember when it was, but they had like the wiretapping scandal. Like John Barr was like outside the line. It's like Mickey Loomis is wiretapping and listening to other coaches, the opposing team, and the Saints. Like went fucking full bore. Yeah, and like, and, I mean, and the allegations and the wiretapping were like from like 2002 or 2004 or something, like way back when. I mean, it, ESPN was just trying to generate a story, yeah. right? They were just like, here, let's, let's get a documentary on something, and it was total, you know, it was total crap. Yeah, the Saints like fought back, and like, here's that the, was the one thing they really fought back on, like they didn't. With yeah, and here's the thing though, like if ESPN like did like five seconds of research, like Mickey Loomis is not an X's and O guy. Like, I I literally believe, like, a, like Andrew Juge, who does our podcast, I believe he knows more X's and O's than Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis is a fucking... <laughs> Mickey Loomis is a cap guy and yeah, delegates. Right. Like, Mickey Loomis, if he was listening to the fucking opposing team, he wouldn't know what it was. Like, no, I mean, he, he's yeah, not, you know? And, like, that was, that was another moment where, like, yeah, like, any moment you got to stick it to Goodell, we loved it. Like in 2012, because it was just a shit show. Yeah, and it was rare that it happened. It was so rare. And, and the funny thing with 2000, like with all the Bounty Gate stuff, was like the Saints had this like hugely important off season of like Breeze not having a contract, and they signed like a shit ton of people. They signed like four linebackers. And they did breeze, and they had bounty gates swirling around them. Like it was like people forget how like insane that yeah. off season was. Right, and I mean Breeze. I mean, look, Tom Condon was probably giggling his ass off, right? Oh That's God. Breeze's agent, I think, right? Because now the Saints are in freaking chaos. Peyton's gone. <laughs> Loomis is about to be banished, and the Saints have probably been playing hardball with Condon for years. Won't renegotiate Breeze's contract now. Breeze just had a historic season. The Saints are fucked, and Breeze is holding out. <laughs> Condon's like, I got you by the uh, fucking ball. And they win the franchise tag ruling that Breeze yeah, does. It's right, just... and, and that's a big thing for the union. That's a big thing for other players because. Because the franchise tag thing was like, okay, you, you can only be tagged so many times under the CBA, but but it wasn't clear whether that was by over the course of your career or whether it was by just individual teams. Yeah. So they had to clarify that because Breeze had already been tagged by the Chargers. So at any rate, that was a big thing. I mean, that was something that would have maybe garnered um, some press in an otherwise normal year that Breeze did that <laughs> on the way to getting at the time was the biggest contract in NFL history, right? And that's just like a throwaway event again yeah, in the offseason like, while everything else is going on. It, it, it's crazy. And the thing is, the Saints, the Saints, the funny thing was going into the offseason, like everybody was wrong. Like fans and media, everybody was like, the Saints have got to do Breeze first and then everybody else after that. The Saints did it the opposite way. They mm. re-signed they re-signed Colston. They let Knicks leave. They got grubs. Mm. And then they signed they signed Curtis Lofton, 
Chamberlain, who ended up uh, not pl- not playing at all, yeah. he like blew out his knee, and yeah, right. um, Hawthorne, who ended up Hawthorne. being t- like the Saints, like signed like a ton of linebackers to fix the linebacker court, and none of it worked. None of it, <laughs> right. none of it, none of it worked. Right, but, right. It, it generated the worst defense of all time at yeah. the time. And, and look, this is what this is what drives me nuts about certain not Saints bloggers because I feel like Saints bloggers will admit. We'll, we'll admit, and, and writers, I will too. Like we'll admit when we're wrong. Like that drives oh, me. Uh, like yeah, that drives like, me nuts about Pelican bloggers. They like d- deny. Like they, they're like, oh, I didn't like Gentry. I'm like, yeah, I saw the tweets and the articles. I'm like, we Saints fans were pumped about Spags. Dude, Let's not mean, even whole, pretend. The whole point of being a blogger is so you can be wrong without consequence. Yes. If you're in the fucking media and you report shit and you're wrong, then there's some consequence to that. If you're a blogger, but you can no. be wrong and there's no consequence. Who gives a shit? It's a dumb fucking blog. And people, I, it drives me crazy that people don't have that like realization. These guys are like, oh no, we're totally I, right. Everybody I else was, is wrong. I was pumped about Spags. I wrote 900 words on WWL how the Saints could have <laughs> the best defense they've ever had in the Sean Payton era. It's there. Yeah, it, it, you that. could you could Google it. Except Channel Four took off a bunch of articles like old content so you can't find it but i'll admit it's there i love the specs hire and it was a fucking disaster yeah oh yeah we were all like that so 2000 and the thing is like 2012 like and then like in all the chaos benson buys the pelicans for like (laughs) for like a discount where like he bought them like now they're worth like three like schwest could that that sale fell through yeah the, the Pelicans are worth like three times what he bought them for. Like Benson, like that motherfucker has lived a charm. Like he bought the Saints for sixty-five million. They're worth like two billion. He bought the Pelicans for like four hundred yeah. million. There, the Pelicans, like if if uh, they get a police auction, he get the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, if if uh, if Benson decided to sell the Pelicans, he could buy them. Uh, um, for he could sell them to Seattle for like um, two hundred million dollars. It wouldn't even be uh, an issue. As my computer's about to die, and I realize that it's not plugged in, but we're good. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how drunk I am. I'm, I'm like in panic. I'm like, oh my god, my computer's about to die. So, but yeah, so like Benson is the and, and like the state guaranteed the loans for Benson in 1985. Like Benson is the luckiest motherfucker on yeah, earth. Yeah, this is all pure profit. <laughs> it is. So, so all that happens, but but probably the thing that made 2012 like just. Even tolerable, like the Saints got they got to five and five, and you had like a, a glimmer of hope that they were gonna. But they never did. Like Joe Vitt, for me personally, his post game and his Monday press conferences were just. <laughs> it was comedy gold. Like oh, yeah. it was magical. And, and I mean, you know, Vid, this is the beautiful thing about Vid taking over. Like, one, he's the interim coach, but this is how much they wanted him to be the coach, right? They put Cromer <laughs> in to coach the first, the, the interim, interim coach. You're like, no, yeah. no, we got to have Vid. Yeah. We got to have Vid. We got to have Vid. We got to have the interim, interim. And they're like, like, think of that. The Saints had an interim, interim coach yeah. in 2012. And people, like, that and, was a t- like, like, that was an actual title. Yeah, and it was, like, people were like, eh. Like, it wasn't a big thing. Like, it's, yeah. fu- like, say it out loud, the interim, interim. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I mean, I told you, you know, the bounty gate that broke, Cromer. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we basically never heard from Cromer again. He went off and did some offensive <laughs> coaching. Didn't he get arrested for like he did. Be- he got beating up kids on the beach or something? Kid, uh, beating up kids on the beach. Like not yeah. as bad as Junior where like, he didn't take a belt to a woman. But <laughs> it was pretty bad. So yeah, like, poor, poor guy. It's Bounty Gate <laughs> got him, man. Bounty Gate. We'll get into that in a little bit. But like Vit was so phenomenal. Like because Vit, like it wasn't that he didn't give a fuck. He just like – he just like told it like it was. He's like, like I can remember him like after they fell to like five and seven. He's like, we're a soft football team. Like when shit goes wrong, we just we just can't recover. And I was like, oh my god! Like no coach says that on a Monday. But yeah. And, and I did a column for WWL, and they let me. I can't. Be, they never let me run this now. But they let me run it where I was like, Joe Vitt 
When he does a press conference, I imagine him coming out in a wife beater with a cigarette in one hand and a scotch in another <laughs> and just telling it like it is. And, and like, they let that run. In, but now, now they would never let that run. But ne- then, back then, they let it run. I was like, I can't believe I got that joke in. And I was, yeah, so, I mean, I was so happy. But Vin was fun. Like, Vin yeah, made it He's so always great. channeling his inner Pesci. I mean, that's his, you know, that's kind of his... Uh, that that that's his, always his approach anyway in the in the media. I remember it was after the I think it was the, the Broncos game that year. We played the Broncos on the road and they crushed us. I think. Yeah, they did. And it was like I mean they destroyed us. I think it was a Monday night game maybe. I don't know. But I remember they just destroyed us. And then uh, in vet after that game in the press conference was just like <laughs> just laying it all on the team. It was beautiful. He's like, yeah, our secondary is terrible. Corey White, I don't know what he, I don't know what he was, what was he doing? He's like, I don't know, I don't know what he was doing. Like it was like it was like, thank you, Joe Vitt, because we didn't know what he was doing, and you're just confirming it for us. Like you, you're the best. Like I feel like Joe Vitt, he really needed to come out and like. Like go up to like Jeff Duncan and like light my cigarette, Jeff, and then like take a long drag and be like this fucking. He tried to. He remember. He remember. I you might remember this. I can barely remember it right now. But he (laughs) accused. Did he accuse Duncan of like? uh, Remember he accused Duncan right around Bounty Gate something with the draft, like draft picks being leaked. Either to Duncan or from Duncan. You remember? Yeah, what he did. About? I remember that. Like he's like, you knew the picks. Uh, like, and it, but it, but and fans are like, fans are like, fuck, Duncan, fuck Duncan, because like we don't like Duncan, you know. Um, but it was like like Joe Vitt. Like, but the thing is with Joe Vitt, like I can't feel that bad for him because at the end, like he was a terrible linebacker. Coach. He was terrible. He was a terrible linebacker coach. Yeah, so right. He's feel. like Peyton's consigliere, man. <laughs> he's a right hand man. He's not there for X's and O's. He's there for fucking muscle. So, like, the only highlight, I think, of 2012, the only thing I remember as far as, like, game-wise is Drew Brees' touchdown record. He broke the streak, and then it ended, and it's Atlanta on it. Yeah, right. Do you remember anything about 2012 besides that? I, I Like, the games, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of the games, but I definitely remember that. I definitely, I remember he broke it. He threw the touchdown pass to Devery. <laughs> You know, Devery caught that touch, and Devery had caught like the most famous college touchdown pass, and the, you know, the the bluegrass miracle, right? That's like the most famous like Louisiana college football catch, and then probably you know one of the the Saints, you know, most famous catches was him catching Breeze breaking Unitas's record. But yeah, then then he lost the record against the Falcons, and. I remember they scored a t- we scored a touchdown in that game, like at the end of the first half, I think, where he threw the touchdown. They got called back, maybe. Yeah, and then um, they like botched the clock at the end, and you're like, and that yeah. was the, that was the moment where they were like five and six and still kind of yeah. playing. And you're like, yeah, that would never happen yeah. if Peyton was here. Like, right. That was a Thursday. Bot- that was a Thursday night. Yeah, game, they like I they think. botched the clock. You're like, yeah, that's that's yeah, we really miss Sean Payton. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that year was just, I mean. It was it was it was pain it, it was painful because I that that offense for the Saints was really sneaky good and oh, they yeah. and they just like their defense like I remember like the only thing I remember about the game is I I had flown in for the for the Panthers game where they they had a chance to get to eight and eight and the Panthers just housed yeah them. right that was and, the last and, game of the season and we're walking out and I'm like and we're and me and my mom are arguing about the defense and and I'm like they can't get rid of Spag they can't get rid of him after one year they can't just change up the whole defense she's like they're terrible they didn't get any better she's like do you remember the Washington game where they got roasted by the rookie quarterback and this is the last game I don't see any difference they need to fire that guy and I was like, they're not gonna fire. And they, they did. They, we, we need to get you. We need to get your mom a job. My mom cares about my mom cares about two things: third downs on defense. If you can't get off the field, and tackling. That's all she can. Like, if you can't get off the field on third down and you can't tackle, she thinks you're terrible. But the thing is, that's like, pretty high football IQ. That's I pretty right like there. all the advanced. She's like, fuck those advanced stats. Can you stop them on third down? And it's yeah. brilliant. But like, and I was like, there's no way they're firing Spags. And like two weeks later, they fired him. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> but, was just a disaster. So, so Bounty Gate, in, in all of it, like it's a mess, and the media is just cheerleading. 
Tagliaboo, and it's all fine. Um, or, or Goodell. And, like, Tagliaboo, explain it to people. Like, Paul Tagliaboo, and you know I'm drunk because I've said, like, about 500 times. But Tagliaboo <laughs> comes in and just cleans it up for Goodell, but in a way exonerates everything. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, man. Like, it, 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 Goodell had finally boned this thing so bad. You know, the NFL owners were like, His all right, guys, just, like, just call in. Call on Tagliabue and let him clean it up. Right? <laughs> so, so, but Tagliabue comes in. And I mean, here's the thing. Let, let's first remember, Tagliabue is a fucking company man, right? He works for a law firm that represents the NFL. He's a former commissioner. Yep. He's a company man. So he's there to do something that's favorable to the NFL. He comes in. He reviews all the body of evidence. He interviews all the relevant people. Hears all their testimony, and you know what he does. He's like, "Yeah, this is bullshit. You guys are free to go. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't hold him responsible for anything. When in virtually any other scenario where if he had any other sort of inkling that this may have been legitimate, he would have punished him for something. But he was like." I'm not putting my name behind this bullshit. And not only does he not do it, he fucking chastises Goodell in his ruling, right? He's like, if you want to change the culture, this is not how you do it, no nuts. Yeah, and he said he cited, like, things from the 80s and 90s yeah. where, like, the NFL, like, yeah, they found actual bounties and only found fined players and teams, like, 10 grand. Yeah, exactly. There's two of them. In, in like 2007 and 2008 is what it was. They find the Packers and the Patriots $25,000 each, I think in 2007 and 2008 for having paper yep. for, for performance systems, which is exactly what the fucking Saints had. Not a goddamn bounty system. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing, the thing. That's the thing that drives me nuts is that the national media, like, I feel like that's like a New York Times article, and like it's a correction at the bottom. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who avoided it yeah. all? Yeah, you're right. And, but it was a precursor to Goodell being incompetent about investigations. Like he couldn't run Ray Rice well. He couldn't yeah. run the flag. And here's the thing that drove me nuts: is like, Patriot fans and Saints fans should be bonded in brotherhood of Goodell fucking us over, but. Patriot fans are such assholes that they're like, "Well, we didn't, we didn't, do, we didn't, we didn't do Bounty Gate. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't injure people. Like neither did we, motherfucker. Yeah. We didn't do any of that. Any you, we could just bond and agree that Goodell is an asshole. But no, you want to hang bounties that never happened over us. So yeah, you. I mean that right. That's that's nonsense. But I mean Goodell, he did it before Bounty Gate because Spygate was yep. all you know. Regardless of what you think about scout about Spygate, the, the way that he handled it was just absurd, right? He like destroys all the tapes. Yeah, and, and, like, and the media like the media never right questioned they, him. It's like you destroyed like the tapes. That's you, a big you, fucking deal. You're like Nixon in Watergate. If Nixon had walked to the Supreme Court building and like started a bonfire. Yeah, and you were like, "It's I, cool, it's cool." No, we we trust him. It's like I'm like, I'm like I, but I get I get it in the sense of, of I would respect the media more, Reed, if they would just be like, "Look, we need our scoops to pay our mortgage." And yeah, not, right. And we're not fucking that up. I'd respect Schefter and King more if they would just say that. Like, I need yeah. my scoops, and I can't I can't poke the bear. I'd be like, "Okay, I get it." Don't tell me that like you're you're Woodward and Bernstein over this. Like just I don't want to I don't want to hear it. You know, and that that's what drove me nuts about Bounty Gate. I just I wanted the media to either admit they were NFL lackeys or do their job, and they wanted to have like both. They wanted to be NFL lackey and pretend like they were they were investigating when they weren't. They weren't. They were just taking. Yeah, yeah. They're, I'm giving these. I mean, most of these guys are part basically part of the NFL's marketing arm. You know, yep. the media is their title, but they they are to you know report the news that the NFL feeds them. So the <laughs> NFL is the source of the news. They can feed them anything they fucking want, and these guys are just going to report it. And there's not going to be any sort of looking any deeper into it. Somebody feeds me information, and I parrot it out to whoever is <laughs> listening to me. And that's all that it is. And so, you know, these guys aren't even really media. They're, you know, they're spokespeople for the NFL is what they are. And it just, it just drove me – and that was when I got, like, mad. It just drove me nuts – because I like, I just I felt like what the NFL did to the Saints. Like 
I get that they want to send a message or whatever, and, and Goodell wanted to be tough on concussion and violence and all that bullshit. But that, like, for Peyton to lose a year and for two second-round picks, like, and Loomis to get suspended for eight games, like, it was total bullshit. And nobody except for Florio called the NFL for what it was. And, like, like that was it. Like, nobody else. Yeah. Not, not Silver, not King, not Schefter, not Ed Werder, who I really like. Like, none of them. Yeah, none of them. I mean, Dan Lebetard kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Simmons did a little bit. Bill Simmons just calling out the NFL's hypocrisy on it. But, yeah, I mean, Florio was the only person who, you know, continually reported on it and just had some objectivity. said, this is what the NFL said, and this stuff is all wrong, and here's why it's wrong. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, that's not bias. It's just basic objective fact. Well, and, and nobody th- did that other than him. Well, the thing for Florio, too, he's a lawyer, so that, that yeah. really helped. So, and sure. another, so, so at the end of Bounty Game, as we sort of get, like, I mean, I wrote a column like on the Monday or Tuesday after it broke, and I was like, "This is bad. This is going to wreck the Saints." We, the Saints, as we know them after 2011, are done. And I, I really felt that, and people mocked me, and I was like, one of the three things I've gotten right. Like, yeah, what do you? Pretty but, much true. But I mean, like, how do you like? How much did Bounty Gate do you think wreck them, or was it just? A sense of Sean Payton doesn't really know defense. He's an offensive genius, but he doesn't know defense, so it would have happened anyway. Like, how do you when when you look back, how much does Bounty Gate factor into all the seven and nine? Yeah, I mean, it has. A, I think it has a relatively uh, meaningful impact. I mean, like I agree with what you said. You know, part of you know is it Bounty Gate or is it Payton's inability to manage a defense and the Saints' inability to run a roster? Definitely. That's part of it, too. But Bounty Gate sort of just exacerbated that natural tendency. Like, had the Saints been in place in 2012, they were still a championship contender, and they probably could have had, like, one more, like, a really good year left, kind of like they did in 2011. But that process was going to start anyway. It just started prematurely because of Bounty Gate. Um, You know, you lose a year. The NFL's fragile, man. Things change really fast year to year. And so you remember the end of 2011, man, that Saints team was a fucking juggernaut, man. They were so good. And they would have been good again in 2012 with Peyton. You know, maybe they wouldn't have been as good and maybe the defense would have started showing showing signs of, you know, just being god awful bad. Um, but, but I think they still would have been competitive. But that thing, you know, that process that we've seen play out over the last three seasons, that was coming no matter what. Yeah, I mean, look, the bad drafts were coming. But, I mean, that, that 2011 team, I mean, they scored 42-45 you know, 45 and 45 in their last four games before the playoff game against San Francisco. If you want to go back, if you want to go back on the Monday night game, they scored 49, 31, 22, 42, 45, 45, 45, 32. I mean, that team was, (laughs) I mean, and and people are, you know, people argue with me on Twitter is like, I'm like, I would give a, I'm like, I joke, I was like, I would give a kidney for one last 2011. I know, man. That was an amazing season. They're like, 2011 ended terrible with Vernon Davis. I'm like, yeah, it ended terrible. Right. But, but, but Jesus Christ, those 17 regular yeah, season right, weeks were unbelievable. Right. That's a top five all-time season. I mean, it was like they were they were down to the Texans. They were down two scores in the fourth quarter. They won 40 to 33. And yeah. like at the end of it, you were like, they're winning. Like that offense was a – it was the Death Star, man. And, oh, and, I know. And look, and look every sport – unless you win – your season ends badly unless you win a world championship. The rest of it, I mean, it's so hard, you know. And the bounty gate, the thing that I always, and this may be me, is that I'm, I'm, a, my my wife calls me a softy, but I guess it's because I have cerebral palsy and I walk with a limp and I only have one guard arm. I'm like, I have this like weird. I feel bad for people. The thing is, I always think about bounty gate. The thing that pops in my head first is poor Anthony Hargrove. Yeah, that man, poor man. Bone. That poor, that poor man. He had revitalized his career with the Saints in 09 and was great and was one of the forgotten people in that Super Bowl team, let me tell you. He got totally fucking – his career was done because yeah. of Bounty. Sean Payton is fine. Vilma is fine. Fujita is fine. Loomis is fine. Hargrove 
was de- his career was destroyed. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, he's the only player that the investigators actually interviewed. So you know, remember the NFL was like, yep. you know, we did all this extensive multiple multiple you know, independent sources and all these interviews and all this stuff. He was the only player that they interviewed. And, and they identified him, right? Because Hargrove had twice been um, suspended for uh, substance abuse policy, right? Yep. So he was on his, like, third strike. Yep. And they got him and they tried to lean on him. And that, and that was the thing with Mary Jo White where she says, oh, yeah, he admitted to all this stuff when he didn't. And they continually lied about him because they had all the leverage on him. And yep. they're like and, – and even if he went along with, you know – you know, if you don't go along with it, basically your career's over, and basically that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean, and that's weird. I just, I think of Hargrove all the time. Like everybody else, look, granted, yeah. they lost years and money, but, but Hargrove yeah. got screwed over the most. And sure. Just, like the thing is, to me, is I look at the, like I don't know. I guess for me, Bounty Gate, I feel like, I feel like it, it. I don't know what they would have been. I feel like when I feel like the golden age of Saints football, if we're honest, it ended when Shane Graham kicked that field goal in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and they won the road playoff game. Like, yeah. and people will say, "Oh, it ended in Seattle." Gatorade and Popeyes, bitch. Yeah, you know, people will say, "Oh, it, it ended when Colston threw the pass." Well, I like to, I like to be on the, I like to be optimistic and my memories be positive. Like that's when the Saints golden age ended. Maybe. Maybe they can revitalize it with, uh, you know, resuscitate it or whatever this year. I don't know. But yeah, to me, like, I, right. you know, I just, it's so, it's, I mean, and to me, like, the media, they they sort of got wise to Goodell. A lot of people have, like, Le, like you said, Lebetard and Simmons. But I feel like Goodell is, like, he is... I get why he makes like thirty, forty million dollars a year because anything that goes bad with the NFL, they don't blame the owners; they blame him. Yeah, he's a hatchet man in the <laughs> shield. But I just feel like he is so awful at his job. And I, 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 I do you think? Do you think history will will be kinder to the Saints and Bounty Gate, or or will it be like a like a a gold star for Goodell because I don't know I don't know what it's going to be uh, I mean I would say honestly I would probably I don't think it would be you, you could say it would be a gold star for Goodell just because I don't think based on his body of performance <laughs> that anybody would give him credit for anything like that but, but I still do think the Saints will be looked upon maybe negatively or you know wrongly about what happened during Bounty Gate I don't think you know, people or the league will generally absolve them. I mean, some of these guys, they still stick to it. Duncan and Peter King and a lot of oh, these guys, they still stick into the story, right? You know, they still believe that the Saints were, you know, targeting and injuring players. And, I mean, here's an important thing to remember with with Bounty Gate, Ralph. I mean, this is the main fucking thing. The NFL <laughs> punished the Saints for conduct detrimental to the league. That is an off-field transgression, right? They never punished anybody on the Saints team for Anything that related to on-field play. If the Saints were injuring players, they would have been fucking punished for that. But they weren't injuring players, so they couldn't be punished for that. Exactly. So the NFL suspended them for conduct detrimental, which is an off-field violation. No. That's how you know that simple fact right there is how you know that Bounty Gate was a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, and the thing is, is is the only thing the NFL did right was they 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 rolled it out like a steam train. But they but the NFL like that's built in. Like I feel like me or you could have done that because the me that like the NFL is 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 set up like that. Their TV partners, their media partners, like it was looking back at it, like it was it it was like it was like kicking an extra point for the NFL. Yeah, yeah, um, it worked like know. a charm for them. <laughs> so. Uh, I am completely shit faced, and I'm looking at this. I'm glad it recorded, you know. And and here's the thing, like with Bounty Gate, it, it, I guess to me, I, I so want the Saints to, if they could just have one more run at it. And the thing is, Bounty, I think Bounty Gate, whether Sean Payton wins again with the Saints, maybe or wins somewhere else, like I think. 
that is keeping like he's never getting in the Hall of Fame. Like he could like no. literally I mean, like he'd have to do something spectacular or the second half of his career to overcome that. Yeah, and I think that's shame. The good thing is like Drew Brees, it won't affect. But but like I think Bounty Gate is a bunch. Like you said, it's a bunch. It's and the thing is like people don't want to hear like Peter Kings and they don't want to hear that. But I just man, this has been this has been remar- It's been remarkable, but uh, but at the end of it, I'm like, ang- like in the middle of it, I was excited and happy. But now I'm like angry. Like I remember, <laughs> like I want to like I want to like punch Goodell in the balls. Like it just like it feel. I feel like the more I think about it, like it like 2012. It should have been another playoff fun season for the Saints. And like Goodell, yeah. Goodell ripped that and took it away from us. And you know, as we as we we're staring a fifth seven and nine season out of six years because of it, and I just yeah. feel like the golden age for the Saints should have been nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, and Goodell stole that from mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and, sure. And we might live to be 80, 90 years old and never see another fucking quarterback and team as good as Drew Brees, and we got cheated out of a year. And that's the thing: as a, as a sports fan, to take one of those yeah. years away from me is as horrible a sin as you could commit yeah right i mean you could take any season away but when you take one away where you got a fucking hall of fame quarterback in his prime for a franchise that has has historically struggled that's a kick in the fucking nuts man yeah it is, and I told people on Twitter that by the end of this, it would just be me and you ranting and raving and sing, singing Irish <laughs> ballads against saying "fuck Adele." And read that's how it that's how it's ended. People go and buy his book, Bread and Circuses. He do, he documents Bounty Gate in a way you'll 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 be enraged, but you'll laugh, and it'll be good. It's five years away. Go and buy his book. He'll get like. You 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 make like a dollar off of every buy, right? Yeah, so, I think I make like four cents per book. So, but it's so, good. Uh, <laughs> but it makes him feel good. He works. The, the book is, and I don't just say this because he came in the pocket. It's phenomenal. Go to Amazon, Bread and Circuses, buy it. Okay, we're done. British lady, take us out. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints History is hard. That's why God made alcohol. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.